Hi everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Teams at Work. Um, today with me is Liz Eldalian from Truffle Suite, very excited. And we're going to be chatting about um, high performance teams that are remote. So the special emphasis on remote teams today. And of course, also today with me, Mark Freyn, who is also happens to be um, a big um, aficionado of remote work. Hi, Mark. Hi, Daria. Happy to be here. Nice to have you as always. And hi, Liz. Hi, Daria. Great to be here. I'm very excited about this episode because we get to drill down on some of the nitty-gritty of what makes remote, um, remote work fun, but also what makes remote work challenging. And just starting out right away, um, Liz, tell me a little bit more about Truffle Suite and your current role. And it would be also great to understand a bit more about the whole remote aspect of it. So did you guys start out as remote? Um, and uh, yeah, tell, me, tell us a little bit more about the backstory. Yeah. So um, I work for Truffle Suite and we are a fully remote team of 22 people in North America and Asia. And we build developer tools for blockchain. So essentially what that means is we build a suite of tools. We have four tools, Truffle, Ganache, Drizzle, and Truffle Teams. And we allow developers to build, test, and deploy decentralized applications on blockchain. And we have always been a remote team. We actually started off at Consensus, which is a venture production studio based out of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we were incubated there for about three years until March of this year when we became our own entity. So it's been a really exciting ride. We're kind of standing on our own two feet this year. So it's, it's been a really exciting journey. And as far as remote work goes, um, like I said, we've always been remote and um, our accelerator is also completely remote. It's a hub and spoke model. And so uh, they're very big proponents of remote work. So we just have carried that through since we've left incubation. That's super exciting. Thank you for walking us through um, the kind of origin story as well. Have you always worked remotely or is this like a new thing for you? It's actually new for me. Uh, this is my first remote position. I have been with Truffle since August of 2018, so a little over a year. And I had always worked in traditional offices where I'm going in every single day, sitting with my team, working face-to-face -face with people. And so I was really nervous about starting to work remotely, uh, but I absolutely love it. And I really can't see myself being able to go back to a desk every single day. Uh, I mean... I have a pet rabbit and she's sitting right next to me. So isn't, how nice is that? I just, I love it. That's awesome. I, I have um, a cat named Luna who seems to always know when I'm on a really important Zoom call. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how she does it, but it's like never fails. So when, when, uh, when I'm on a call, especially with, with say a hundred people, you know, or, or like large format calls and, it's like the most important thing of the day where I really can't be bothered. She comes hopping into my room and this hops up and her tail wags right back in front in front of the camera. So it just, it just never fails. Um, but I, I, I mean, it's, it is, I know what you mean in terms of the adjustment phase and then the feeling that um, this just so much works with one's life. Um, so I'm curious about drilling down into some of that in the context of what does it unlock not only for you personally, but what do you see? remote unlocking for 
uh, team performance, partly because a lot of people, as you probably know, um, either are worried about or critique uh, remote teams on the basis of, well, they can't possibly be as creative or they can't possibly be as in sync. So what are both the, let's say, the challenges and opportunities of remote when it comes to what does it unlock for people individually like yourself? And then what does it unlock um, for teams um, that you've seen at Truffle? Yeah, um, I think on a personal level, it really allows um, for a true work-life blend and it allows you to bring your best self and your authentic self to work every single day. Um, I think working in your own space for some reason creates this sense of vulnerability. You're working in your own space. You're almost working on your own terms. And so that sense of autonomy that it brings as well, really, in my opinion, brings out um, creative aspects in people and also productive aspects, right? You're not spending an hour in traffic every day. You're not spending, um, you know, time or, well, you know, people often say you're not spending time around the water cooler, but for me, it's not really about the water cooler. It's about being able to be in my space and be comfortable and be able to work on my terms and be autonomous. As far as for teams, I think it's, it's very similar as well, right? We're able to, um, be be productive because we're not spending time on things you would typically spend in an office, walking between meeting rooms, being being able to quickly uh, interact with people by simply sending them a message and jumping on a video call. Everything just seems to move at such a, a, a quicker pace. Um, but more than that, it really is more of the I don't know how to describe it. Maybe the the personal aspect, right, of being in your own space and being able to to work on your own terms. And especially at Truffle, we really allow people to work when they want, where they want, and how they want. And so that that really is empowering and, and autonomous for for everybody in the organization, including me. Do you find that people need to be onboarded or help to understand Truffle culture differently in a remote environment than, for example, in a traditional environment? And, and if so, how do you approach that, helping new team members, especially ones who, who don't, who like you, didn't previously have mm-hmm. distributed remote experience, get used to it and still feel integrated? Yeah, I think our, our CEO, Tim Coulter, has done a really great job of creating an onboarding experience that really brings new hires into the fold of not only remote work, but truffle culture. And so uh, we have a a full day onboarding process and you're essentially on a video call all day with whoever your manager is going to be at the company. And we do a really cool thing where uh, we'll have a Zoom meeting on the calendar for everybody to see and various team members can pop in during that time. And each team member that jumps onto that Zoom call to meet, you know, the new employee that's being hired that day, being on board that day, well, we'll give them a piece of, of wisdom. Oops. Hopefully we can edit out my Slack. I'm just going to pause it. Sorry about that. It's all good. It's part of remote life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Slack in the background. I think we should leave it in. Don't worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll leave it. And it's actually and one of the next questions I have for you, Liz, is um, tell me a little bit more about the inter, uh, like interaction communication stack at Travel Suite. So um, what tools do you use for what? And also, how um, is that going? So where do you feel you're using the tools to like their best abilities? And where um, do you also feel it's still um, kind of like worth optimizing? Um, a lot specifically also focusing on Slack. Um, there is kind of 
I think mixed feedback right now, it's um, not always helping to increase focus. So I would love to hear a little bit more about how the communication uh, infrastructure is. Yeah. So we live in Zoom and Slack and these tools both work really well for us. Um, I would say areas of, of optimization within, I think, the way that we communicate are certainly things around giving kudos or being able to um, meet with people that you typically wouldn't work with. So we have channels for each one of our products. And so depending on what product you, you're working on, you're really living in that channel and you're talking with the people that you're working with the most. We've tried out different Slack integrations like Donut or Tap My Back, and we really haven't been able to find anything that really replaces um, kind of like an in-person you know, if you were to do, I worked at a large e-commerce company and every Friday we would get together and we'd sit in a circle and we would give kudos to each other throughout the week for, for great, you know, a job well done throughout the week. And it's a little bit more difficult to kind of have that genuine interaction through Slack. So we definitely try to replace that by meeting over, over Zoom through video as much as we can. Um, and I think, Another kind of difficult piece of living in Slack and the way that we do and getting all of our work done through Slack is tone. Tone is very, very easy to read in person, but it's really difficult over text. And so one thing that we've tried to do recently is use more emojis to communicate tone, um, whether it's it's a positive or a negative. Um, just being able to communicate that tone is very difficult. And so um, I think us being able to, to, to see those challenges and mitigate them is always something that's on the forefront of our minds. That's super interesting that you touched upon um, tools like Donut as well. And um, um, maybe we can focus on that aspect of remote work a bit more as well. I think it's, as we know in, in organizations, it's a constant challenge to make sure that everyone feels involved and included and um, part of kind of like the journey and, and the common process. Um, how do you guys at Truffle Suite make sure that this happens specifically given the fact that you have remote um, teams? So how do you make people feel included when you're remote? Yeah, I think it's all about having consistent team rituals. So we have a Slack channel called Coffee Time. And anytime someone is taking a break, you know, having a morning cup of coffee, or maybe you're eating lunch, you can drop a Zoom link into this channel and then anybody in the company can come chat with you. Uh, we also have consistent meetings every month. So we have a weekly meeting where all of our project leads attend. And then we also have an all hands meeting once a month where everyone attends. And I think another key part of making sure that people feel involved and included um, is being able to uh, bring ideas to the table. So we also have a channel in Slack that's called Ideas. And since we are a project-based organization, anyone in the company can suggest a project through this Ideas channel. And then you can put together a project team and start hacking on your project. So. Um, just being, again, allow, allowing people to have, you know, autonomy and being able to have open, transparent forums, I think has been really key for us to make sure everybody feels included and make sure that everyone feels heard. That is very, a very, very good suggestion um, for our listeners. I'm sure really interesting to try out as well. And I will definitely suggest it to our team. I think we've been actually looking for remote-friendly um 
rituals to kind of just share um, social moments without having a meeting agenda. And I think it's a wonderful idea to be able to, uh, uh, yeah, flexibly just connect over or a cup of coffee and or lunch. Super cool. It's really interesting. Yeah, you never know what's going to come up. Um, We have an engineer on our team, on our team named Jamal, and he actually worked on Wall Street for 30 years. And so it's really, maybe not 30, but a very long time. Um, But, and so it's really fun to just talk about, you know, his time on Wall Street and different things that wouldn't come up, as you said, in a typical meeting when you have a set agenda. um, It's not really something you would typically talk about. So yeah, it's really fun. We actually tried something similar um, just recently, um, which is more around kind of spending the first couple of minutes of every meeting um, grounding ourselves in the current experiences and the kind of like talk about anything you want kind of thing. And it's been working really, really well. So it, um, our first fear was that we will be losing efficiency, of course, and kind of spending too much time on it. But typically it's around like seven-ish minutes and then we move on. And if you do it in every meeting, it actually is much, much smoother than I thought. So also very... Um, excited and, and surprised by how much little little rituals like this can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And it's important in this startup culture because we're all moving a million miles a minute. So I love that too. That's exactly. Amazing. Thanks for that, Daria. Wow. <laughs> um, maybe a little bit more into the direction of challenges. I think we've um, spoken a bit or the team has spoken a bit to you also about that in the interview um, that uh, we published in our blogs. Um, By the way, Liz gave a wonderful, insightful interview on uh, remote work um, on our blog at bunchai um, slash blog. So feel free to check it out. It's really interesting. I will also drop a link in the description of the podcast. Let's chat a little bit about what you currently have on your plate in terms of challenges. So if you look at your team right now and you look at the goals that you guys have for 2020, mm-hmm. what would be, what are the topics that are on top of mind? What are you kind of um, working to resolve or working to build, working to um, get through? Yeah. So looking at 2020, we do plan to grow significantly next year. And so at top of mind really is how do we scale the organization? Um, you know, Mark was speaking before, you know, we started this podcast, we were talking about how um, he had previously been at a company that scaled to a thousand. And that was really amazing to me because we're at 22 right now. And it's, um, you know, what works at 22 is not going to work at 50, 100, 150. And so as we grow, we're going to change. And that's really hard uh, because we really love our culture. Of course, growth is is a great thing, and it helps us to reach our our goals as a company and reach our ultimate mission. Um, but how do we how do we preserve our culture, and then how do we stay per, like a high? How do we continue to be a high performing team as we grow? And so, I think that has been the biggest, I would say, challenge that we're facing in twenty twenty. Uh, in twenty nineteen, I would say the biggest challenge we faced was really coming up with a a goal framework that really helped. The team we uh, currently are using the uh, objectives and key results framework uh, that John Doerr wrote about in Measure What Matters. And in OKRs, you're supposed to have really large, audacious goals. And we actually found that they were having the opposite effect on the team. It was really quite defeating to never meet the goals that we had set forth as an organization. And so I think we're always trying to find the right goal-setting framework to motivate 
the team to feel productive and then also understand what does that look like as we start to grow and get bigger and you know I'm sure you're facing similar challenges Daria we actually have a, a kind of like an overlay to that as well. Um, we are still relatively small. However, the remote dimension or component having teams in two places now, actually in three places, we have a team oh, wow. in Berlin and in New York, and we have a team member in Washington, D.C., and uh, there's more coming, as it seems. So wow. um, definitely a very interesting time um, to be in the company because we are experimenting and building up structures that help us to be remote in the future. And also um, uh, special um, worth, especially worth note, uh, mentioning, of course, Mark's contribution. Actually, we started to work with Mark on that topic and he helped us a big time to, to kind of uh, make a difference. But I would say on like remote readiness, we're still definitely in the beginnings of it. Yeah, and do you have offices in all three of those locations? So we have offices in New York and in Berlin, and we um, the rest of the team basically is remote. So um, Gabby, who is in Washington, she typically works from home or from coffees or from a co-working uh, space that we sponsor. Wow, that's amazing! Congratulations, that's exciting to be to be growing. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely, super super interesting time to to be in that space. Liz, I, I want to follow up on something you just said in terms of your own growth and growth expectations and maybe some of the anxieties about, about getting bigger. I, I found that, interestingly, growing, growing an all-remote or distributed team feels very surreal because you can go from having 20, 50, 100, 200 to 1,000 employees, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem different for a while <laughs> because you don't see you're not in a building right and so you don't see people um you don't you don't add another floor you don't kind of build out another part mm -hmm. of the floor um just people are kind of popping up here and there everywhere one of the things that i found very important along the way was just really ensuring that um communication structures and the way in which uh leaders and leadership worked with their functional groups and then cross-functionally was maybe the very you know the biggest challenge um, at remote scale. But um, when you talk about your your intentions and opportunities to grow next year, which is great, you know, for Truffle, what um what are you currently thinking you want to do to hold together what's already been built and effective on the cultural side when you do start seeing numbers like fifty and hundred and and more? So any any early thoughts that you can give as maybe advice to other small, smaller remote companies as they are thinking about this journey from kind of everybody on, on everybody on the same Zoom, which is one way to think about it, to there's no way anybody can fit in the same Zoom anymore. Right. Yeah, <laughs> especially I think Zoom caps out at 50 people, so that's right. <laughs> we get it's actually going to be impossible. Uh, I think very early thoughts are how do we scale our or our, our culture uh, to into uh, every single group. So we like to think of every single person that we have now as an eventual leader of a team at the, at the organization. And so how do we take this culture now and break it into five, five teams or six teams and being able to have each person that's in the company now be lead by example in that sense, right? Um, so... It's something that, and I could probably learn a lot from you, Mark, about how to go about this. Um, 
I think when we think about it that way, we just really want each person that is on the team now to be able to take our culture into their own team. We, I don't think we have all the answers right now. It's definitely an anxiety that we have. And so I think we're continually learning and looking at what other companies have done to, to understand how do we go about that? Because just as you said, it's, it's not going to, it'll happen probably very quickly, right? We'll see, maybe there's a little bit more chatter in Slack. And then I sometimes imagine when we're at 51, then we'll realize not everybody can fit in the Zoom meeting and we'll have to figure something out at that point. But um yeah, I think we're just thinking about um, taking everyone as a leader now and then trying to multiply Truffle in a lot of different smaller way, smaller teams. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't think there actually is a perfect playbook at this moment. Um, uh, I, w- I had the good fortune to talk to um, uh, Sid, the, the CEO and founder of GitLab, um, on, a, on a podcast, on a video cast um, a few months back. And... And GitLab being, you know, another very big remote, big successful remote, Envision being a big successful remote, we had very different thoughts and approaches on how we were trying to support and develop um, cultural standards, you know, in our respective companies. And and I'm not sure which one is best. Um, For example, they at GitLab, they encourage multitasking on Zoom calls. and he was multitasking on my Zoom, on the Zoom call with me, where he was interviewing me, and I was I was kind of blown away. And I was I was I said to him, I just don't think I have the game that you oh, have. Wow, said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could I couldn't focus I couldn't focus on you, you know, if I were. And he kind of showed showed a document that he had been composing while he was interviewing me, and I'm just thinking, I, I, I you know, we, my team especially, and and teams at Envision, we advise the opposite, which is, um, you know, one conversation at a time on Zoom really resist the temptation to go to go back and forth in the double screens or triple screens to other things. Um, but it's not, it's clearly not one size fits all yet. And I think, I think there's a lot of interesting, you know, fresh powder to be run down when it comes to remote standards and practices. Um, the only thing I would say is a little small piece of advice is just, is think about it all like a, like a big experiment and don't be afraid to, to try things out and then, and then change it up if it doesn't work for you, you know, at Truffle, because I, I don't think there is a, a standard ramp yet for how to do this. That's yeah. I have a question to, I have a question to both of you, actually. Um, <laughs> let's try that. Um, when thinking about remote environments, I think a lot of um, founders I meet and I talk about uh, this topic with um, are scared of the remote environment because it's really hard to work through conflict and it's really hard to have the tough kind of conversations, uh, giving performance feedback, being radically candid. Um, From both of your experience, Liz and Mark, what are your best practices there to enable an environment where um, tough conversations are um, fruitful, um, constructive, useful, and are, are actually done often enough in a remote environment? Liz goes first. She's our guest today. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's a really good question. And I think we're always iterating on the best way to have tough conversations. Uh, The way that I've been successful is by uh, setting a meeting with a clear agenda about what we're going to be talking about. And then, of course, having the meeting over video, uh, giving enough air. And I like to say air in the room, even though we're not in the same room, uh, maybe 
air in the virtual room to allow uh, for, for conversation, give the feedback, but then of course leave enough time for there to be conversation. I think it's easy to say, well, on a, on a video call, you could mute yourself, you could walk away, you could turn it off. But I think part of building a great culture is being able to have trust in your teammates. See, there we go again, remote work. My, my alerts are going off. Um, but being able to um, have enough trust in the other person that you're going to have a, a respectful conversation. So, and then also following up afterwards has really been very, um, you know, fruitful for, for us at Truffle and for me, especially to be able to work with my team in that way. So I think there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, but over video call has been the easiest way for us to do it, but never over Slack or email. That's a no-no for us to, to resolve conflict. What about you, Mark? Very similar. I, I would, the things that were important to me were to use, um, to use platforms and processes to provide structure. So uh, we, um, we ended up using CultureAmp's um, Zugata uh, platform, which is a performance management platform. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that. It can be anything. It can be any platform that, that gives you means to collect your thoughts. Uh, it can be, you know, it can be a Google Doc. It can be a notepad. Uh, it doesn't matter. But one of the things that I think is really important um, about having tough conversations over remote is that there's a, there's a tendency and maybe even an unconscious invitation to wing it, um, whereas in person, you might, you might not wing it so much, but you can kind of just jump on and jump off video. I think that some good preparation and structure behind what you're, what, what you're preparing to do uh, just helps. So I would 100% underline what you said about um, having an agenda and being structured. I think that just helps in general and remote, but it especially helps with the, with the difficult conversations. The other thing that I noticed, maybe ironically, is that sometimes it made it easier for people to deal with conflict um, over video as opposed to as um, face-to-face. And I think it depends on the person. So some people probably feel very awkward on, on a video call dealing with conflict, and some people probably feel less awkward. Um, I, I was told by a, a former colleague at Envision that um, she, would, she would minimize the, the Zoom um, window in a difficult conversation. So it wasn't like dominating her screen, <laughs> you know, so like, you know how you can um, minimize and you can have it overlaid uh-huh. on other, on other screens. And so she would just minimize it. So it was only a little, a little screen um, yeah. on a big screen. And it just felt like it felt all of a sudden that it was, she had a little bit more control and a little less in her face quite, you know, it's, it's a terrible pun in this situation, but, um, but you know, I mean, like, it's just kind of, well, you know, you have, you have a little bit of different control. Like I'm sure sometimes we've been in conversations in a meeting room that turned difficult and you kind of wish you could kind of minimize everybody too. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so there's, a, there's interesting, there's interesting ways where sometimes it actually provides enough distance for some people to actually be more comfortable handling it. Now, I still think I would go back to what you said, which is structure, 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 and, and really do it, really do it with process. Um, so that you can make sure not to avoid it. Uh, yeah, that's really good advice. Um, I think good advice for all every team uh, and every tough conversation, not only the ones on remote. Uh, but really, really thank you both for, for sharing this. Um, maybe staying on the topic of teams and um, in, in the remote realm, what, Liz, are the behaviors that you see derail the team the most in the remote environment? How is that different to, let's say, a normal team? 
I think what um, some things that would derail us that aren't typical of a normal team. You know, it's in our experience, it's been really small things that could be easily uh, fixed if you could just you know, slide over to someone's desk and talk about it. This is something, so the situation I talked about on um, when I talked with Curtis and in, the, in the, the article I did for your blog was um, I was chatting with another colleague about how to format a Google Doc. And we really could not communicate to one another about how we wanted this document to be formatted. I know it sounds silly. It probably took us about an hour to get on the same page. And for some reason, I think that it would be a lot easier for us to have had that conversation in person. Um, you know, another one would be that recently we um, started planning a website redesign and we had everybody in the company, you know, come together and give up all the suggestions for what we wanted on the website. Well, then we needed to do a card sort activity. And in an office, it would be so easy for us to um, get put everything on a sticky note and then organize it on a whiteboard as you typically would do a card sort exercise. And so something that derailed us was, okay, we have to find the right tool in order for us to do this remotely. And then we have to figure out how we're going to have this conversation. Yeah, we'll have it over video call, but it's really little things like that. When new situations come up that we have, that we've never dealt with remotely, those are the kind of things that really derail us. Um, you, you know, at the same time though, it's, it's very fun to kind of figure out the different ways that we can work remotely and different tools we can use to provide us some structure. Uh, we're, those things are happening less and less and it's fun to work through them and then be able to, next time that comes around, we can re reference what we had done previously. That's super interesting. And thank you so much for being open about this, because I think that has happened to us also so many times. And I bet to so many teams where you spend so much time on this little detail and you really don't understand how is this possible? How could you not, how could you miscommunicate so much? And I think it happens so, so, so often, um, which is also one of the reasons I think why at Bunch we do what we do, because we also was always, also always motivated by um, wanting to improve how people interact with each other because we're still, as, as humans, um, and with remote, I think it's amplified, are still not very good at actually um, being aligned and understanding each other and hearing each other and really have effective ways of communicating. Um, so really, really appreciate the, the anecdote. I think it happens very often to very many people, I, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of coming to, to uh, the last uh, two questions of, of, this, um, of today's episode. Um, and always, of course, looking uh, on the one hand for interesting facts, but also on the other hand for resources for our listeners. So let's start with the, with the interesting contrarian fact. It's uh, one of my favorite questions. Um, which contrarian opinions do you hold about the future of work? So what do you see in the future that mm, only a few people would agree with you on? Um, hmm. I don't know that I, I hold too many contrarian opinions. I think um, I once heard, I think it was Bill Gates saying, so I'm going to take it from him, <laughs> saying that the the age of working on your own personal device is over and that we will so soon be working on, like two people will be working on the same, the same device at the same time. And so I often think about that in terms of remote work, if it would be easier if somebody else was working on the same, the same terminal, the same device as me. Um, you know, we do do some peer program, the engineers do do some peer programming at the company, but, um, I think the, 
I think that as we move, well, I suppose the contrarian opinion would be that I see us moving more towards remote work. And then the second step to that would be more integrated remote work by us working on devices together. Interesting. That's a really, really interesting thought. I think it's the first time I heard this, but it yeah. makes definitely a lot of sense, I think, to yeah. think about it. And last but not least, of course, always the like the call out for resources. Um, which resources, what podcasts, what books, blogs do you follow that actually provide a lot of good guidance on building healthy and, and high-performance remote teams? What can you share with our listeners? So I love the team rituals that Bunch has. I love your library, so I would highly recommend those. Um, I think I often go check out different ways that we can improve when we get our uh, stats back from Bunch. Uh, I also like to look at what other companies are doing. Um, Octane AI is another company that is a similar size to Truffle, um, and Megan Berry, their VP of, or I believe she's their COO, she posts a lot of great articles about remote work. So I often look to what they're doing. And then, um, you know, I other I often like to read books. I'm reading Radical Candor by Kim Scott right now. That's, that's actually a welcome package book um, that we give to our new employees as well. Really big fan as well. Perfect. That's amazing. Yeah, so I think looking what other companies are doing. Um, Oh, and the Bunch community, of course. The yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for pointing this out. Really, really glad to hear that it's uh, it's interesting for you. And I hope you are getting interesting inspiration out of it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Liz, for spending the time with us today and for all the very insightful um, anecdotes that you've shared. Um, for our listeners, we will be um, providing more content on remote work in the next episode. So stay tuned if you're interested in that topic. But also feel free to check out our Teams at Work community. Um, uh, just sign up simply um, bunch.ai to become a member. And we're sharing more and more content, best practices, and peer advice. My name is Daria Kotnik. And if you're interested to learn more about team rituals that work for your team, that other successful companies are doing in order to create great cohesive cultures, do check out bunch.ai. This is also where you can find out more about what we're building and sign up for our newsletter and find out what our future episodes will be about. Looking forward to having you and talk to you next on the next episode.